and welcome to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is March 19th, 2017. This is the 17th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate over at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. I'd like to open the show today by welcoming my wife, Rachel. Hello. Hello, Hello darling. How Hello. are you? Hello. Welcome to the show. It's it's very nice to have you on. Yeah. And uh, trying to mix it up a little bit here and see uh, when we talk about possible permanent co-hosts to the show, uh, you know, basically the first person that comes to my mind is the person I love most in my life, and that's my wife. And Aww. not only can you talk about video games, but you provide a, a different, more feminine perspective. You're so sickly sweet. <laughs> You're going to give me cavities. Uh, but also, it, it also helps that, you know, living together and all that, as married people tend to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we share the, the same sort of schedule, and it's easier to plan that out that way. It's it's tough when you have uh, different people as co-hosts, and you know the, the timing always is tricky. So when you have right. someone more permanent on, uh, that helps. We're looking also to have a little more consistency with the show. Uh, trying to pick a certain time every weekend, we'll try, you know, each... Each weekend, but when news breaks during the week, we'll try to have at least, you know, one show, if it's if it's necessary during the week. But at least every weekend... Give some people to talk about because being a, a call-in talk radio sort of format show, it's it kind of opens the floor for a dialogue right. uh, between hosts and people to call in and directly participate. Uh, it's it's not just, you know, two people talking with, you know, oh, maybe, you know, mail in or call questions or something like that. It's, it's actual conversations between people that would like to participate. And we had a, a great episode last time. I want to thank everyone who participated with that. Uh, those who listened to that episode, it was, I think it was a really powerful one to, uh, to talk about the kind of toxicity uh, and how we communicate amongst each other and learning how to communicate better online. Uh, that, that was an important one to do. I think it's uh, I'm trying to switch a little bit back to, uh, to video games today, talking about mass effect Andromeda. Ooh. And we are, uh, we're two days away from that game coming out at retail uh, but if you decided to put the $5 on or you already were an EA Access member, uh, you were able to play Mass Effect Andromeda up to five days early, starting the 16th on Xbox One and PC. Uh, we just got to play about an hour and a half, two hours, uh, both today. It's kind of getting up to the Nexus, basically this game's version of the Citadel. Yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty fun experience. Yeah, um, so I mean, tell me a little bit about what you thought about the game. I mean, you know, starting from customizing the character. I mean, <laughs> I, I would want to say spoiler free, but you know, when you're so early in the game, you're not going to get too into yeah. spoilers. I mean, if you're doing Matt, if you're doing a, you know, media blackout still, you're, you're still tuning out of this kind of discussion. So. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's not exactly massively spoilerish. I mean, all you really got to do was, you know, spend a half an hour trying to customize your character. And then, you mm -hmm. know, you're going into, Oh boy, we're just waking up from being asleep for 600 years. Now it's our job to go and have a look at this planet that we looked at and oh, it's changed and it's not quite the planet that we wanted it to be 600 years ago. Better go down and have a look at it. And then hilarity ensues. Um, that's <laughs> one, one word for it, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the gist that I got from it. It's gorgeous. Um, it's polished, I would say. Not to the nth degree. There's definitely a couple of clipping issues still, um, which is a little bit sad with it being a couple of days away from launch. I mean, it, it's still early, though. And, yeah. you know, so when you... The, the developers are talking about this game is massive. I mean, for those that got to, you know, even up to the 10-hour limit mm -hmm. of the demo, I mean, they're kind of exploring this one world, and they say, you know, when the game opens up beyond that, like, it's huge. Mm -hmm. Developers are talking about Skyrim sort of size, and, you know, Skyrim, a very buggy game. I mean, you know, many nice. Bethesda RPGs are. Now, you know, Bioware, certainly, it's it gives them an out, I suppose, but it's different. I think, you know... The main thing with this game is it feels like a Mass Effect game. It does. And I think that's that's a really important thing. When people are, are worrying about, you know, five years after Mass Effect 3 and they're worried especially with that ending and some people are still holding that grudge. Uh, if they're, you know, going into this and wondering, you know, can I trust Bioware again? I mean, it feels like a Mass Effect. You know, the powers are there. The combat is a little different. 
Actually, before we get into that, I yeah. I actually wanted to talk very briefly about um, the conversational um, mm, options yeah, that you yeah. get. I found myself definitely paying more attention to what kind of response my character was giving. Um, you know, I have the option to base it on an emotional response, a logical response, a casual response, or a professional, a professional yeah. response. And um, I definitely found myself going more towards emotional responses each time just because it felt like it would fit in better with what I was doing at the time, whether it be talking to crewmates that you've just met, or should I say we've just met, but, you know, you've known them for over 600 years, besties, Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, talking to the person who is in charge of the mission, the Pathfinder, as they've been so titled. But yeah, I like the uh, amount of um, amount of discussion you can still have with it being a demo. I found myself just stopping and listening to other people's conversations all the time mm, too yeah, before yeah. doing anything. Um, I normally would skip past that kind of stuff um, in most video games. But in this one, you know, I wanted to stop and I wanted to listen and I wanted to hear more of the story before I continued. Yeah, and you live in the world a bit more. I mean, that's that's a, a good thing to do. Right. Uh, and yeah, I think the opening up to the four options definitely helps. Mm. Uh, also noticing that when there's the option of, you know, the, uh, the branching passes like a kind of a three branching or there is also a question mark when you were selecting certain ones. And it was more like just the information gathering ones, not mm. necessarily the... Um, kind of response that can shape your personality. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the question mark is the one that you want to choose to get more information because it'll still lead you right back to that main branching uh, sort of question as uh, past Mass Effects have done. So I think that's something important to keep an eye out if you're uh, you're starting out. Ooh, and after you've actually selected uh, something to talk about with someone, after you've finished talking about it, it grays out the option, which is very nice. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like, oh, I've already done this one. I don't have to talk about that again. Fantastic. That's a nice touch. Yeah. I agree. That, that was really cool. So, I mean, there have been people certainly with uh, different animation gifts and whatnot, and we can get to those soon. <laughs> but just to kind of flesh out our early experience, um, yeah, the, the conversation, it's, you know, they have a lot of nice improvements there. It's not just, oh, I'm always choosing Paragon. Oh, I'm always choosing Renegade. It's, Where you was know, Paragon and Renegade in this? They're, they're taking it out. So that, that's oh. what they've, they've taken out. And I think they're just going more, uh, it's not even a reputation thing like in Mass <laughs> Effect 3. Uh, it's, it's just more focusing on shaping your character's personality. I think it's, that's a nice touch. Okay. Uh, combat goes a little more uh, in-depth and a, more of a departure from the traditional thing. I mean, Mass Effect known for being in the Unreal Engine on EA. And so it's the sticking to cover, that cover-based shooting, uh, almost Gears of War-like, almost by the end. Very Gears yeah. of War-like. So where you're just you know, having that cover shooting where you stick yeah. to it. Uh, a little more fluidity in this one. You do kind of have a cover system, but mm-hmm. you need to really move up to it yourself. You can jump, you can dash, you can dash in midair, you can hover in midair and still use your weaponry or your powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more flexibility, though it open it does open it up for more possibilities, but uh, it takes some getting used to. Uh, I still think it's a good system, but uh, you know, still something that needs adjusting after you're so used to playing that sticky cover base shooting. Right. I found it very awkward to get used to using my powers mm-hmm. um, whilst in combat. Um, I'm going to find myself just resorting to my guns. I know what I'm like. Right. Um, I was like that in the first Mass Effect, actually. I hardly used any of my powers. I always used my guns. I was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it is an easy thing to do. I mean, especially depending on the difficulty that you're playing. Uh, you know, whether you're playing narrative or casual, if you're sticking to normal, if you're you know, more hardcore player, you're going more advanced, uh, you know, especially, I think we can talk about it more on future episodes. I think it's a topic worth discussing, but you know, when you're an adult and you have a limited free time, I, I would argue there's no shame in playing on the easier difficulties, uh, even on playing on casual, just to see some of those enemies were still a bit of a bullet slog. Uh, you tried it on narrative just to see what it was like. But oh yeah. It was, it was I just, yeah. I just want the story more than anything. Um, I'm kind of like, for example, I never played through, like, say, the Uncharted games. Mm. I just watched them for the story mm-hmm. um, because I'm lame like that. And I just like story and games sometimes. So I'm probably going to find myself going through narrative first time just to get the experience of what the story of Mass Effect is like before trying on something harder. Because eventually I'll want to do something like 
hardcore at least. Yeah, and you know, certainly for the first time through, you know, just go through it. But if if it really you know sticks with you and you want to have that higher challenge, that's when you know multiple playthroughs can come into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, any you know finishing touches on just you know, your early impressions? I mean, did you really enjoy it or? Um, I did enjoy it. I got a little bit frustrated at um the controls of the character. Um, just a tiny little bit. It's very little things like I've stopped moving my uh, my joystick in one direction, but she's going to take an extra like three or four steps kind of thing. Mm, mm. That it's very nitpicky. It's very, very tiny. It's not going to make or break the game, right. obviously. Um, but just little things like that I, uh, I take too. Um, so just a little bit to get used to. Um, the running system I find weird, you know, and you have to hold like the left stick down to, yeah. to dash or yeah. whatever. That was a bit weird. Like I don't just hold B and I. Uh, yeah, it's you know whatever. different games have been picking up different sort of mechanics, especially you know coming off of Breath of the Wild, where sprint is a whole different. <laughs> yeah. button. That, that takes some a little bit of getting. Used I can't to. jump on all of the walls and climb over everything. That made yeah, me so sad. Right, right that too. I, was, I found myself trying to climb up a cliff face in Mass Effect because I've been doing it in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. But I'm I'm still really looking forward to the game and you know it's nice that you know the progress can carry over. I think EA was a little odd with, you know, many of the uh, Xbox Live Gold uh, sort of programs, mm. you know, sort of carry over to all the other users. Uh, that was not the case with mm. this one. So you may have to start over your save file. I apologize. But oh, you can I don't care. you can redesign your shepherd, you can, or your yeah. uh, your rider. <laughs> Force of habit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should I just call a shepherd rider? Shider? Reppard? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, so that may need to be reworked. But, I mean, it's it's still, I think it's still a good game at oh, the end yeah. of the day. It's, it's, I don't think it's necessarily up to the, the level of polish that we've been seeing with, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn and Legend of Zelda Breath of the mm-hmm. Wild and these, these really high review marks. But I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, between 80, 85, something like that. Like, it's still, Maybe. It's still a good game uh, at, at the end of the day. But if you look at some people on the internet, when you're seeing some of these these GIFs and these animation bugs, and it, it does make for humorous moments. And I think... We found one ourselves. Yeah. We found an interesting one. Yeah, you had some more tattoos when... Uh, when you wake up after a more calamitous event, not at the very beginning of the game. And right, right. There's the clipping through the eyelid, and you can still see <laughs> yeah, the my eyeball. eyeball. No, the was, right eyeball was coming through the eyelid. That was or a, left. I come, that, yeah, was was a little, uh, that was a little freaky, for sure. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> but, I mean, for some people, that may take them out of the experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for some people, you know, bad writing may be an issue. For some people, uh, you know, bad voice acting may be a problem. I was okay uh, with all of it from what we experienced. Uh, but, you know, f- for some people, that may be a deal breaker. And uh, for some of these these animations, when you're seeing, like, crouch walking <laughs> or, uh, or some of that stuff, it's it's more funny than everything. I mean... Yeah, some of the walking animations are great. Just, like, watching the doctor walk off, like... Duh, 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 yeah, duh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, games are, are an art, and they're not perfect, especially in, in these early times where a lot of technical issues may uh, come and, and be uh, problematic uh, that may happen uh, that doesn't mean that you know it, it ruins the game I, I think it, it goes back to the end of Mass Effect 3 when a lot of people you know had big issues with the last 30 minutes of Mass Effect 3 right but they thought it ruined the entire franchise and yeah. it was just like you know it, yeah it may have been a bit of a downer it may have not been the ending that you wanted but you, you still had the hours of the experience. No, you know what ruined the franchise for me? Was not being able to see Garrus naked. I wanted to see Garrus Vicarian, and I wanted to see him butt naked. Now, what's up with that? I yeah. am disappointed. Miss opportunity, Bioware. I mean, even in, <sighs> even in Citadel, you know, make it happen. That last DLC for Mass Effect 3. Um, so, basically, at the end of the day, it's I think it's, it's the few seconds of, of that sort of bug or glitch. I mean, but are you going to have it you know, mar the whole experience. For some people, it may, but I think for for me personally, and maybe for you, it, it's more it's a more humorous thing than anything. It's, yeah, it's kind of like the face glitch from Assassin's Creed. It's kind of like that. Yeah, but yeah Assassin's <laughs> Creed Unity was had other game design problems to go along with it. I mean, this right. is this is still a, a competent game. Uh, it's underpinning at the end of it. Now, with those animation bugs, though, it it goes back to what we talked about in our last show, where. People don't know how to communicate properly, or at least some don't. 
online, uh, how to, they don't know how to voice their displeasure, uh, or they, they come up with fake information. And so that's, it's, it's been interesting to see when you talk about past games like Assassin's Creed Unity, or uh, we've seen even some articles compared to uh, Battlefield 1, you know, crazy things that can happen there. Uh, some of those may sell the experience and be like, I want to try different things. I want to get the game to just tinker around with those sort of things. Or with Unity, it may point out uh, to say like, well, that that's an issue of why the game is bad. Uh, <laughs> I think that's, that's what people are generally taking uh, in these sort of instances. And uh, you're seeing a lot of people say, well, well, clearly Mass Effect is now a bad game. <laughs> and uh, like that's... I think that's a little short-sighted, you know, not, a little bit. not taking the experience for themselves. Yeah. I saw uh, recently someone on my Twitter was saying, like, you know, oh, this is the best decision I ever made. And it was, like, uninstalling Mass Effect Andromeda from the PC or whatever it was. And I was like, uh, but it, mm, give yeah, it a chance. Yeah, I mean, maybe the game wasn't for them. Uh, that's and that's possible if that's the case. If, mm. if it's not for them, it's, you know, because gaming is subjective. Gaming, you know, games mean certain things to certain people and that's that's okay right uh but if it's just because well the the face came out wrong the yeah the face came out wrong or the lady with the comb over hair i don't find her as attractive and she did that weird crab walk so i'm gonna like that's, dude there was lighting in there that made her look 70 years old and yeah. i didn't care yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so and these are things that i think can be patched out over the time they're not going to yeah, be day one patches but to go and make up information to say oh there's there's some female employee at EA and she was the lead animator and she had under a year of experience. She's the lead facial animator on Mass Effect Andromeda. And, you know... I fucking highly doubt that. I doubt yeah. EA are that incompetent. Yeah, and, and they're not. <laughs> it, it's a... It's, you know, it's the whole the whole fake news it's, thing, not to it's make like, it political again. But. It's, it's like wherever you work, you get an intern in. Oh, we're just going to make this intern the fucking leader of the company for a day or something mm-hmm. like that. It's basically as stupid as saying that. Yeah, it's it's a terrible assumption and it's... <laughs> it's fake news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, but when it gets to the point that Bioware has to make a statement that, you know, she was not an employee on the Mass Effect Andromeda team. She right. was a former EA, like a, a just a different studio entirely. Right. Working with, you know, motion capture and things like that, motion arts. Um, but well, people the, need shit to pick on, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, the perpetually offended, all, all that kind of stuff. It, it's, yeah. it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be done. We need to be better. It's like, I need something to be be- heard about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's, it's really disgusting to see. And uh, it's, you know, when you're seeing... All you know the hate that that one poor Twitter user is getting. Uh, yeah, that's it's disgusting stuff. It's um, pretty shitty. Really terrible. Uh, I want to also point out a story on uh, Waypoint, which is Vice Gaming's website, written by Patrick Klepek, who he kind of wrote a good summation of why this means more to certain people. Um, basically, just saying almost that you know Mass Effect people want a new Mass Effect to be good so badly. Because mm-hmm. Mass Effect means a lot to a lot of people. Right. Uh, it it was seen at one time as, you know, the pinnacle of games with the narrative, with the gameplay, with everything there. And uh, so they want one to be good so desperately. And they if they feel burned from the ending, if that's that's how they feel. Mm. Uh, whereas that may not be the case with other other franchises. Uh, so I think there's, there's some credence to that. But it doesn't excuse, you know, just deplorable. Again, that word, geez, sorry. Uh, behavior. It's, it's unacceptable. So... Uh, I just wanted to kind of get our thoughts before Mass Effect Andromeda comes out in a couple days and, uh, you know, our, our beginning playtime. It's going to be interesting around our house. We have uh, also my brother or brother-in-law to yep. uh, just kind of trading off time. I'm uh, going to lose um, everyone to the Xbox One <laughs> and I'm not going to get any time on it myself. Uh, I can just see this happening. Mm-hmm. I can. And it's going to be... Either my husband's going to be playing Mass Effect Andromeda or my brother-in-law is going to be playing Mass Effect Andromeda. I won't get home till after both of them get home, so I don't get a fucking say in what to do. <laughs> There's now Binding of Isaac on Switch. There's still That'll Breath do. of the Wild on Switch, so there are... There I are still have games. much Breath of the Wild to play, mm, to yeah, be fair. That's, that's a good game. That's a real good game. It is. I've, I've not got hardly any distance into that game. Mm. So that's what we have to say. When we come back, we'll get to the callers. What do you think? We'd love to hear your thoughts, but you can also bring up whatever gaming topic that you'd like to discuss. And don't forget, you can also reply to what another caller had to say, too. That's all when we come back here on The Power Switch.
welcome back to the power switch i forgot to mention at the top of the show we're trying to have this episode co-broadcasted on twitch yes so uh we get a bit of video version into the podcast that's it's really nice and uh, i want to thank rachel for hosting it on her channel it mm. helps to have a a 2000 subscriber base right off the bat <laughs> versus it's an I, it's an old subscriber base though i think, I think rhymes with asia might have 10 because <laughs> i don't use it much and i think that's just a big difference so i want to thank you for no that's for, fine if anyone's listening into this elsewhere it's on twitch.tv forward slash sass underscore factory mm-hmm. um so you can find it there uh, in case you want to join it on future ones whilst it's actually live you may do so yeah and you play games throughout the week and that's it's really entertaining it's sometimes yeah, sometimes depending so. on how time i am right i work a lot mm-hmm. you sure do uh but let's get to talking about games and we have the the call-in segment of the show so we have people want to call in and talk about whatever uh that's gaming related so we'll open the floor up here joining us from kentucky tony welcome to the power switch how are you oh my god we're recording a podcast together oh my <laughs> god <laughs> For years, uh, Tony and I, along with, uh, you may know him as Super, Solharath, Miles, uh, we did Show Me Your News for years. And so uh, some of you may know that we've done podcasts for years before. It's it's good to have you back in the saddle, as it were. Yeah, it's fun. The last episode was really good. I just uh, I listened to it at work the other the other night, and I was just like blown away at the like presentation and just oh, thank like... Thank you. It was, it was cool to have people vent about that because i've just been watching the drama unfold and it's just kind of nice to hear people have a voice with all this crap mm-hmm. yeah I, and, and, it's, there, and there's been there's been a lot of follow-up with the john tron yeah. stuff oh, oh god, god. Oh, I, I think with the john tron stuff I, I didn't even mention and i can't remember the exact timing but there was the whole he had the interview with the streamer named destiny and spewed even more views there and got even more media coverage and now he tried to make a video in response and it could have just been summed up as sorry, but not sorry. And it's just like, oh my gosh, there's that. Uh, Colin Moriarty probably tomorrow will be making his big announcements on where he's going next. So that oh, should yeah. be exciting. Um, did you hear the thing about, did you hear the Ruben uh, report, like second interview where he like cried because like apparently Dave Ruben was the only one that like vehemently like stood up for him and even his like colleagues of 10 years didn't really oh yeah we watched that like, interview with we, the, we did with watch that, that yeah. yeah um i think there's more under the surface there than like we knew too and it just it, it, i i hate seeing it man it sucks mm-hmm. it, it is really tough i know you're a, a kind of funny best friend as well and that that's that was that was rough to go through i mean fortunately i'm glad that most of the fallout hasn't really continued for jim sterling and uh and his Zelda review, uh, the seven out of ten there. I mean, there it was really bad for a while with DDoSing and all that. But I'm glad that you know what's funny. Was, it's John Tron kind of fucked up. I, I don't think there's any way around it. Like, especially being an entertainer on YouTube, I don't think I'd be spewing views like that. And even if, as I'm sure I have some controversial views, but I don't know. I think there's a level with that. It, Colin did kind of egg people on a little bit. Yeah, uh, I love the guy. Like, he's one of my favorite media people and games to like listen to mm-hmm. uh jim didn't do anything wrong no, like that no, was the no, funny no, thing no. about the thumbnail i'm like jim is i fucking love jim sterling yeah, it was he's so opinion. great it's just, it's just all, all sorts of drama so it's a good point to touch on uh that it has <laughs> continued in some aspects but you know for others the the story kind of fizzled there and, and i'm glad for that but but thank you for uh for listening to the show i mean that means a lot that you thought it was so entertaining i, I appreciate that but we have you on today uh you have an interesting uh, viewpoint on a, a specific video game company. I'd like you to get to it. I don't know if it's it's rare, but I don't. I, I see a lot of blind love from Nintendo, and I've just had so much rage building since. And I've, it's funny because, like, uh, I'd say my passion when we were doing Show Me Your News was pretty much just like to my viewpoint of games. But now that I listen to so much, like, kind of funny, and like I was listening to IGN a lot, and. I read everything that's going on now. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the point of Show Me Your News was to cover everything, even if we didn't really know what the hell was going on. I was never really into everything like I am now. And I'm like, man, I want a platform to yell at stuff again. Well, but- this is this is the place to, to vent, to talk about it, and have those conversations, regardless of how controversial it may or may not be. So what's on your mind? I just really hate Nintendo lately. <laughs> a lot and, of people um, do. Uh, I don't know. Everyone. It seems like everyone shut the hell up when Zelda came out. Mm. It, it seemed like everyone's like this is the best game of all time and, and fuck everything and uh there's a lot of dissent when the switch announcement uh that weird press conferencey thing happened where everyone was really 
just upset with the presentation and stuff. Yeah, the but, Japanese event was pretty unusual, and you know, we got I think spoiled in a way for the the pacing of Nintendo Directs. But when you get people <laughs> sitting on couches and posing with Joy Cons, it's just like, what is this? I remember it started off, and I'm like, Nintendo's gonna come back. Nintendo's gonna punch everyone in the fucking throat and be back. I remember the first 30 minutes were literally like, here's one, two switch, here's motion controls. And I'm like, guys, this fad <laughs> is over. Stop. And like the funny thing about the one, two switch games or I, when I see them is like, you could probably do this with a phone for free. Yeah, maybe. The fact that the fact that that game wasn't a pack in and everyone agrees that is just fucking like insane that they were like, nah, we're going to sell this for $60. Yeah, I think I think it's for fifty, but the fact that it isn't a pack in is, is a shame. It's ridiculous. Like, that's a twenty dollar game at best. Yeah, and then just arms, and I'm just like, guys, motion, stop! Like this is not what anybody wants anymore. No one cares about this. The Wii like fell off a cliff. The Wii <laughs> didn't do good. Like I hate it because I still look at all the amiibos I bought all the time, <laughs> yep. and I'm not like like I don't hate everything they've done before, but I just really hate the Wii U era. And, like, I mean, a lot of the games were good, too. It's not that, but just, like, what really killed them for me was watching them harass YouTubers. Mm, yeah. yeah, that was a big problem with that for a while. I love Jim Sterling's uh, copyright deadlock technique. Like, that's so fucking yes. funny to me. Especially, especially how he can do uh, Nintendo America and Nintendo in Japan and, like, deadlock them against each other and they won't get money. But that spun me out. Watching them destroy Star Fox wasn't fun. No. When they can just make a game where he flies forward, they're like, motion, motion, motion. And I'm like, how many, how many fucking preview events did you guys have where everyone was asking you if you could turn it off? Yeah, Like, right. I can't fucking understand why they were like, no. And, like, the last game we got was eight years ago, and now it's going to be another long wait, probably. And I, I don't know if we're going to see one for a long, long time, yeah. Probably not. Because I imagine they're just like, oh, gamers don't want this anymore. They just, they just have to fucking think that they just need an innovative idea. Jim Sterling did a long video about that. I don't want to just regurgitate it, but just like, just make a game. Just make a fun game that everyone wants. Like it's not that hard. Yeah, you don't have to always try to reinvent the wheel. Essentially, it's because it's a new edition. That doesn't mean something <laughs> radically has to be different. The wheel. Or you make, or you make a new, uh, you make a new Metroid game that nobody wants, or just. I couldn't believe. Did you did you play that Metroid Two remake? I have not. Uh, no. I heard really good things about it. I know you enjoyed it, dude. It's perfect. I mean, the boss fights are a little samey, but that's just kind of how Metroid Two is. You know, where you're just fighting the same Metroids over and over again. I never really even played Metroid Two. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean either. I mean, with that Game Boy screen, like the big critique with that game is you know Samus is too big, so you can't really move well and see your surroundings uh, on that no map uh, yeah exactly the no map yeah all <laughs> I need that. a map mm -hmm. but dude uh they added the power grip which is always i've had so much trouble with super metroid just because like she controls so tightly in zero mission and fusion like it just really bothers me and i've never been able to like play that game again i've only played it once like after i played those and it's just really hard but the controls are perfect the attention to detail is perfect like there's even a little power grip like upgrade in your like like inventory because uh, uh, there's a channel called the Geek Critique I really like, and he pointed out that he thinks that Samus can like grab ledges and fusion just because the suit is lighter. Hmm. And then in Zero Mission, that's why there's a power grip upgrade. Interesting. <laughs> just to explain that away, <laughs> I thought that was. But it makes he pointed out that SAX can't like chase you like if you jump over a platform and stuff like it can't pursue you anymore. Hmm. And I'm like, oh my god, I never even noticed that. But um, I'm getting way off. I love Metroid <laughs> so much. They they added uh they added a little function even where uh, from Prime where you charge beam and uh, health just comes to you. Right, right. Like it's it's a combination of everything and it's so good. And Nintendo's like, shut it down. This isn't hurting anything. We haven't made a game in eight years. Get out of here. And um, Sega's such a backwards ass company, and they have conventions for Sonic fan games. Yeah, they're, they're and, definitely more accepting of it. and But, I mean, and, it also goes along with what Pokemon Uranium was also a big issue at the time. And both of yeah, those games I, got I, taken out of the Game Awards for the, the fan creation and all that stuff, yeah. It was very, like, we're coming after you. It's not like, we don't want this to exist. It's like, we hate that this is a thing. And it's just like, you guys haven't made a Metroid game in, like, nine years that anyone liked even. Like, mm -hmm. 
they had that little spinoff uh, thing, which was fucking weird. Oh, other M. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what even was that? That was pretty weird. I I, I kind of liked the gameplay, but the narrative just kind of shit the bed, really. <laughs> I did too, but even then, it was still weird yeah. with the with the waggle. But I, I actually thought the third person gameplay was really good. But mm, yeah, yeah. No, I watched I them ruin. Oh, the oh the. Uh, Oh, no, no. Federation Force. Federation Force. Yeah, Federation yeah. Force, that thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that sold eight copies, too, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, it sold really badly. Yeah. Um, there is the thought that maybe Retro is, is doing the next Metroid, but it's like, oh, well, they do the... Uh, do they do the Prime style, or do they do, you know, after the success of the 2D platformers like Donkey Kong and Tropical Freeze and all that, do they kind of take that design and bring it over to Metroid? Or is it another company entirely working right. on Metroid? Because the talk of the insiders is that there is a Metroid game being worked on. I'm sure, but, like, it just sucked that, like, with Sonic Mania coming out, it's like, dude, just give that guy money and just <laughs> yeah. have him polish it. Yeah, and fucking... Because that game is perfect. It looks they, so good. There was the, the attention to detail with the... I think she never controlled better than in any game, for one. But just the attention to detail. There's like a room. There's a little cave where you see that enemy that infects Samus and Fusion, like at the very beginning, because it's the same planet. Mm. Like it's it's the continuity is just perfect, and they just they just don't want it to exist just because they're stubborn. But it's just so many things. The Star Fox thing pisses me off. The Metroid thing really pisses me off because they haven't given that series any attention in so long, and then they get mad when they're like, well, "We're protecting our copyrights." I'm like, "Dude, no, you're not. Like, you haven't your your series isn't even relevant right now." Like. Paper Mario makes me cry. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah Paper was... Mario used to be such a good thing. Yeah. Paper Mario used to be so good. The Thousand Year Door was amazing. Oh, my days. And then I even tolerated the Wii one. I didn't mind the Wii one. I liked the black. Yeah. He was fine. Yeah, Super Paper Mario was pretty good. But the Sticker Star and... Yeah. Why? Oh. I can't begin to explain to you, like, how upset the sticker star game made me oh because me, Miyamoto, Miyamoto just walked by and he's like, it's boring because he doesn't like story in games. <laughs> and they're like, okay, we got to do what he says. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> and he was just like, we just don't want to make a thousand year door sequel. And then sticker star fucking comes out. Uh, it was also it's universally me like mediocre to bad reviews. And then they're like, well, let's make a sequel to that. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> you could also make the argument. It was Miyamoto with star Fox zero and all that trying to, Keep the second screen gameplay, and oh, the Star Fox Guard was the the Project Guard idea from Miyamoto. So mm. you almost have to. Wonder. I know everyone like loves that guy yeah. and respects him, and he, and he's done so much so for much, video yeah. games. So I, I respect the shit out of like what he's done, but I think he's like a relic at this point too, and he just like he just needs to be stopped. A little <laughs> bit sometimes. I think maybe there are some days where he might have a little bit too much medical marijuana going on, and let's <laughs> not suppose. <laughs> Too much here, but uh, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I, I have two questions for you here, Tony. So, first sure. of all, Nintendo Switch. Like, what's what's your current mind frame on on Nintendo Switch? Do not desire it like one bit in molding. Really? Yeah. The, I mean, after that presentation, after the first thirty minutes, I was already jaded. Hmm. Did you guys watch the kind of funny like watch it? My favorite bit was the Project Octopath, Octopath Traveler. Traveler. <laughs> My favorite part was uh, when they had the Japanese titles of the game, and Colin was just like, I, "The Japanese know something I don't. I don't know. I don't like that." Like, yeah, just yeah. they didn't put the. I have no desire because they came out and they're like, "We don't have anything. We have Zelda, and Zelda's on Wii U, and that's what that's. It makes me go fucking crazy with people. Is like they're like, "Well, I gotta have it on the Switch." I'm like, "No, you don't. They didn't add an achievement system. That game is the same game. It's a little prettier, but like, and that's that's another thing. The no achievement system. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like." Every major console, Steam uses it. I care so much. It makes me complete games. Like, I really like Horizon, and I'd be done with it, but I'm going to platinum it now. Hmm. I think it's that's all, it's a, definitely a personal taste. I mean, yeah, it's, I know, for me, but, it's like... But a I, lot I, of people I, like it, though. A lot of people do. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a good percentage there. Hmm. Um, it, it's certainly tone deaf to ignore it. Yes. Um, yeah, especially when they and, try to add, you know, accomplishments, whatever they called it, in something like... A, Oh, the 3DS uh, Me Plaza or the the Street Pass. Like they add little accomplishments there that were almost like achievements. Like mm. like they were almost trying to meet people halfway, and it's just like, now nah, we're not gonna. If they if they do achievements in Virtual Console, I'm broke. Like oh, I'm okay. done. Yeah. Like yeah. But the Zelda thing, it's just like I'm just gonna get it on Wii U, and then you look at the launch lineup, and it's Splatoon 2. Which I mean, I love. I fucking love Splatoon, but 
it's just Splatoon again. Like, right. it doesn't even look... I think they just put a two on it. Like, I don't think it's going to be <laughs> that much different, honestly. Probably it, I'm sure it'll be great. Mm -hmm. And Mario Kart doesn't even have extra tracks. It's just got battle mode and, like, a few new characters. So it's like, I can wait that out. Smash. I mean, we love Smash, but, like, I don't want to pay $300 and then Pro Controllers. They're going to add a new yes. character. They're going to add a new character. <laughs> They're going to add Ice Climbers back, and I'm really happy about that. <laughs> they, they, they better. They damn well better. Um, I, don't, like, I don't want that on record. Sorry, the whole thing about the you know uh, Breath of the Wild coming out on both the Wii U and also for the Switch is sort of like, you remember back in the day when that happened with Twilight Princess? Yeah. You know, the GameCube yeah. and, and the Wii. Sure. You know, I had both. I don't know why I had both, but I had both because <laughs> it's what I did. And I would say that I actually probably would have preferred to play it on the more retro console than the newer one. I got I got really mad at people because they had trouble with the boss, and they're like, "Yeah, what was the problem? It was really easy." And they're like, "Well, I had to wave at this." I'm like, "Oh, I just hit B a lot." And yeah, the only thing though with the Switch that looks interesting is Mario, and then like they don't have anything beyond like I hope E3. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna get one. But I need more, and I need I need to know that it's going to survive. And I really am hesitant to say that. I don't think it's going to do well in America. I know a lot of games analysts are like, we love the Switch. This is an amazing machine. Mm. But they travel a lot. I don't handheld it all anymore. Yeah, like, see, I don't that, care about that function. That's the big difference is that I do a lot. And so I, I really enjoy playing Breath of the Wild. I think 90% of my playthrough was done portably. I didn't dock it It really worked all that better, much. actually, yeah, when yeah. it's being handheld. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. It, it, there's Which a little bit of lag crazy. when it's docked. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just it's just too expensive. I don't know if it's going to survive, and I don't see any games. So I I cannot wait to see how the year plays out. What was your other question? So about? it actually goes well into it. Is that what would it take for you to be interested in Nintendo Switch and you know have your faith restored in Nintendo? What would it take? I need to see the sales figures by the end of the year. <laughs> and I'm, I'm I, and like I don't want to jump on a sinking ship again. We got burned on that already, and it pissed me off. And they didn't listen to us on any on like half of their games. And then they're like, "Well, we're doing it again, but we don't have any games, and everything's hella expensive." And I'm like, "I'm not on yet. I'm sure it's gonna do really good in Japan because they, they love portable things. Oh, but yeah. like, I don't. I haven't seen many of these things in the wild yet. Like, I don't hear buzz. I don't hear people talking about them. Just like regular ass people. And I know a lot of gamers that aren't like super interested. I don't think this thing's gonna succeed." as things are right now see i've had the like, opposite really experience to that because i am an insane person and i go to the gym six days a week when i can and uh there are people like just regular people like my trainer and people that work there and people that i know that go there as well and we've talked about the switch interesting and we've talked about playing the you know just playing breath of the wild fair enough for the moment um but people that are really enjoying it and things like that so it was really surprising to me just to start talking to people just even at the gym about it i think the super bowl added a big role to play with that i mean mm. just to make that device aware to the masses you know watching that night i was drunk as hell that whole super bowl. <laughs> <laughs> i saw your tweets <laughs> oh man you were my friend didn't have commercials day. either I was. Don't mix bourbon and wine. That's bad. Uh, but yeah, I need this thing to succeed and I need more games. Like this thing is dead to me as long as I mean, if Mario Odyssey is it and I'm sure it's not and I'm not ignorant to that fact, but it's looking rough right now. Like what, what game announcement I, would really sell it for you? Samus anything. Sa Samus like cooking mama crossover <laughs> would make me happy. Dude, that would be great. You could be cooking with the brain. She just goes the little thumbs up and doom. I'm terrible. I have never played a Metroid game. Oh, and I need to because do. I've seen how good they are. Metroid Prime. Metroid yeah. Prime is the business. <laughs> Metroid Prime's a masterpiece. Yeah. I need time for video games. <laughs> that, I, I, love the, I love the 2D series and I love those controls and I love those better. But I think Prime is probably like probably one of the best games ever. Like Prime is awesome. It's up there. It's I've, it's really up there. I've you know the the boys in the house definitely you know my my husband here and my brother in law are both definitely rave about Prime more than most. Yeah, in the series. Yeah, just uh, I hope they do better. And honestly, Zelda gives me a little faith because they broke tradition and formula and like it is a Zelda is which is get wanted. good, <laughs> get good, stuff. and it's gonna it's gonna take them a while to like oh everyone hated that Paper Mario let's make another one or to see a Metroid or to see Star Fox or make the same Kirby game they make out every other year that's really good but <laughs> did you get Breath of the Wild for Wii U then? 
Uh, no, because yeah. I'm like you, and I'm waiting for Persona. Yeah, oh, man. We are, <laughs> okay. we are in the and Persona I, thick of it, yep. I didn't think I could do a 100-hour game right now because it looks really good, but uh, I bought Horizon instead, uh, and that's been fantastic. That was a really good game. Have you played that one yet? I can't wait no. for that one. I'm going to wait until about May, once the Persona dust settles. I didn't want to play <laughs> Horizon and Zelda back-to-back. It was an old episode no. on the show. Like I didn't want to just overload myself on on those games but i'm gonna lose my husband no, for ages that. when persona 5 comes out <laughs> yeah yeah maybe my, i'm just my gonna love you I love, I, no it's okay i'll just spend my time talking to xander who is a protagonist i'll just spend my time talking to him all the time there you yeah. go get him eventually for this show <laughs> <laughs> maybe you probably can probably, probably. good um, yeah, but I, yeah, Persona and Ukulele is coming out, uh, so I'm gonna be yeah, good till yeah. that's all done. Ukulele will be and, the time where I get to play the games all the time. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Like I'm gonna probably try to platinum Persona, so that's probably gonna take me months, and then Crash comes out. Like I'm in no hurry to get to Zelda. Oh, like, no, you're, gonna, you're gonna do that too. Fine. All right. Wait, that's, Crash? Yeah, Crash. Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Crash. June thirtieth. Is it a re- remasters? Remasters of the first oh. three on PS4. Nice. Yeah. I cannot wait for that. So that, that and Parappa, which is coming out April fourth. Oh, okay. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be very preoccupied with remasters. It's it's gonna be a busy year for games. I can't wait for a game of the year at the end of the year. I just started uh, having thoughts this past week about once once the show gets up and running again. Do I do a crazy game of the year show again? Those were rough, dude. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I knew they were very good quality. Yeah, I, mean, I was, was going to say, like, what you what? You what, mate? Are you excited about Puyo Puyo Tetris? Because I am. Puyo Puyo Tetris. What the fuck is that? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Puyo Puyo is the Doctor Robotics me me machine Kirby's Avalanche puzzle game, oh, and it's a crossover with Tetris. Shit. Yeah, it's on Switch and PS4. That's also, crazy. my girlfriend doesn't play any games, and she destroys me at Tetris. I'm really bad at it. Damn. <laughs> I can't wait to play Poyo Poyo parts though. <laughs> also, one more little fuck Nintendo thing. They're like advertising Poyo Poyo Tetris like on the Switch. Like it was a big like we got Poyo Poyo Tetris. It's ten dollars cheaper on PS4. What the fuck's up with that? That's weird. Yeah, it's the whole thing that you know a lot of indie games are going through right now with like it's ten dollars, ten euros, ten pounds up because they're what they're talking about uh, cartridges. Like cartridges are easy to make. I think it's still the hesitation of. You know, they need that market to be established. No, it's the price of the stuff they put on the cartridges so that people won't eat them like the idiots they are. The bittering agents. The bittering yeah, agents yeah. is what it is. I love that that's a thing. I hate this that that's so a thing. Funny. This is the world we live in, though, the fact that they have to put bittering agents on something just because people will eat it. That's, that's no, I just kids, love the but... fact that they're like, we did this so people wouldn't put them on in their mouth and then everyone on the internet's putting them in their mouth. Mm-hmm, yeah. And the sad thing is you can just say, like, that's going to be a thing, is it? And then they totally took off. That's, yeah. that's pretty crazy. Well, Tony, thank you so much for calling in. Where can people find you on the internet? Oh, if you want to, hopefully I get projects going like you do at some point, but you can follow me at Tony TH underscore GHH. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a, just a Tony TH GHH, like no underscore like Scarpino has. Yeah. But right. there's not. Yeah. <laughs> no one's taking that name. That, that was- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm sorry I hogged all the no, time. It was no, a lot of fun fine. to chat again. It was fun. Glad to talk to you again. Hope you uh, can make repeat appearances. And uh, thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Good talking to you guys again. Mm-hmm. All right. See you later. And joining us from Texas, Exilev. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Glad to be here. Hello. What's on your mind? What would you like to talk about today? On the last show, I had an idea in my head where uh, something I wanted to talk about, but I got distracted by current events and wound up wound up talking about that, which is probably for the best for this kind of show. That's right. Yep. But there is something I've been thinking about playing a Switch and it's something I wanted to talk about and it's the idea of inaccessible games Mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about like games like a huge experience level of entry or something like that I mean like Nintendo's recent consoles have all been very unique and certain things are just not going to be able to be straight up emulated through the virtual console like the NES, Super Nintendo and N64 are. Mm. People keep saying yeah are we going to get GameCube Virtual console? Are we going to get GameCube stuff? Are we going to get Melee HD? And I'd love that, but there's a big problem. And that is that uh, the Joy-Con and the Pro Controller do not have analog triggers. Right. That is something that makes the GameCube controller unique compared to... Oh. The GameCube controller's triggers had uh, an analog function as well as a click. So if they're going to 
do that someday. They're going to need to make like a new model of Joy-Con. Maybe call it like Joy-Con Pro or something like that. Yeah. Or just bring back the GameCube. And have yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Smash Bros. will keep that alive somehow. And you were seeing some people, you know, work that up. You know, whether it's so, you know, one side it's kind of, you know, shield-like or... It's, you know, another is kind of sort of like, make it sort of Zelda themed. Or, yeah, another one would be kind of make it like the GameCube controller and, and yeah. have those kind of... Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that there's a lot of potential with making new type of Joy-Con. And I think we'll probably will see something like that in the future, at least like a remodel. Yeah, I've definitely not ever emulated a GameCube no, game. No. And I've definitely not ever experienced how frustrating it is to have only an on or off button when it comes to using the trigger Oops. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, definitely an experience, and granted, there's a lot of great emulation, but and, you know, there's also the point where, and you're seeing some of it where World of Goo is now out on uh, Switch, and there are some people tinkering around with the the motion control, the accelerometer in the Joy-Con to kind of play that game that way. But when you're talking about games like you know, Super Mario Galaxy, or you know, games <clears throat> on Wii that needed that motion control. Like, is that lost to, you know, future on, on Switch if they can... It, no, it would take some... Not if you're just going to do a straight-up emulation of it, like, which is what Virtual Console right, is. Right, it would, it would take some and reworking I, in a port, yeah. You know, like, 10 years ago when I was playing the Wii, I took that for granted. I figured it was just as simple as just dumping the ROM into the Wii, and there goes the game. I didn't really understand what how emulation works back then. Mm-hmm. And, like, th- even now, I just recently re- learned that it is really not quite possible to properly replicate NES games on modern televisions because pixels on CRTs were a little squashed. And if you try to play them on a modern television, pixel perfect, then the game looks a little thin. Yeah, you're seeing that in the uh, NES Classic and the different modes that they had for projection there. It's, that is really interesting. Um, yeah, that makes me wonder if you know they take that team who worked on NES Classic, whether they do something like a SNES Classic, or if they are the team that's working on Virtual Console for Switch to have that level of quality of emulation uh, going forward. That'd be that'd be really interesting. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen from the NES Classic, it looks like they actually did improve the uh, emulation on that compared to the NES emulation on the Wii U Virtual Console, which was, from looking at people who play lots of old games with modern technology, mm-hmm. it seems that uh, you can do way better with a few modifications of old technology than, than what it looks like on the Wii U. The NES emulator on the Wii U is very muddy and dark looking compared to how it should look mm. right although the snes and the n64 emulators on there are much better mm-hmm. yeah if the nes mini is anything to go by nes emulation on the switch should be fine dandy and i'm pretty sure it's going to be a great way to use the uh joy con too yeah definitely uh, have you i mean especially when you consider like the famicon how it had like the controllers on that just pop out the sides and that's kind of what inspired a joy con oh, that's a good point that's very true have you yeah, been I'm able to play uh, much with the Joy-Con sideways, like with something like Snipper Clips? Or I have not done a whole lot of that yet. I don't have a game that focuses on that. I have Zelda and I have Fast RMX. Mm. I did play a little bit of Fast RMX with the Joy-Con sideways. Okay. However, that does not feel like a game where that was really intended to be played that <laughs> right, way. Right. Just do it in there because you might as well have it. I mean, it's better to have it than to not, than to not have it. How's the HD Rumble and... with uh, Fast RMX? The HD Rumble on it feels pretty good, although I, I don't quite notice it as much as I'd like to, but that's because I've been playing with it in the grip. Mm. I feel like it doesn't play as well when you take it separately, but yeah. I want to play more games where you can actually hold it in your hands and feel the HD Rumble, because I do like the way it feels so far. Yeah. I'm very excited for that. I've been noticing the uh, the Rumble and Binding of Isaac when yes. you get hit. It's it's a different feeling. Especially. That is really weird. Like The first time I played that on there, I'm... I have too many versions of Binding Wiser. Yeah. I really do. I'm, I think I'm slightly addicted. And as soon as I got a hit on the Switch version, I was like, oh. It was a, oh. a pleasant surprise. And like, what is this? It's, I don't think it's HD Rumble necessarily, but they have different types of of Rumble. Maybe not totally pleasant. I wouldn't yeah. Maybe yeah. put it that way. But I mean, I just, surprising. I just love picking up the Joy-Con as soon as you turn on the TV and it just makes that little uh, two rumbles when they activate mm-hmm. and that's like that alone just feels like wow that's that feels so different it's the future <laughs> it feels like the future i can't believe the resolution on this rumble yeah. <laughs> but getting back to your original point i think it's important you know for games to be preserved in the future like there's got to be some way uh, to to keep that for for the history i mean 
you know, GameCube right. on Virtual Console on Switch was one of those early rumors that seemed to have a lot of legs, and they've got to have something coming later this they're, year. They're probably mm-hmm. thinking of ideas. I'm sure they are. I remember when I was a kid, I was so excited for Super Metroid to come out on Virtual Console because I did not have that game on Super Nintendo because I barely had a Super Nintendo when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you're and, looking at you know things like the uh, Xbox Game Pass when they're talking about opening up, you know, backlogs and back categories and yeah. uh, libraries there. Uh, there's got to be so much potential with Nintendo's and I history. think about kids today who are getting who are going to be getting a Switch and are going to be excited to play old games. I'm thinking about it and Super Mario Sunshine is an inaccessible game for kids today. Mm. That's true. You t- to play that game, you have to buy either a Wii or an old an old Wii, mind you, or a GameCube. Right. You do. You do. I as well as have the memory card and the controller. That game relies heavily on the analog function of the GameCube controller, it and it can't does. really be played well. Yeah, because unless you have the analog function, you're going to be stuck, like standing still, th- like firing water at something. But if you have the analog function, you can run around on and fire water, and it's, it makes a big difference. Mm. I think it helps a little bit that I see that a lot of kids nowadays are watching Let's Plays, so that's mm. going to help a lot of kids see about games that came out before their time. So kids aren't going to be wondering, like, oh, where did Bowser Jr. come from? Yeah. <laughs> like, I would have if I'd... You leave Mama Peach alone! Mama Peach! <laughs> 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 so that's what Bowser's voice sounds like. Uh, it's, you know, it's uh, something like that, if I remember correctly. I haven't played Sunshine either, but when you see certain clips online... I played so much Sunshine! Yeah. I watched the Sunshine speedrun. That shit is impressive. It's very impressive. Yeah, that's that's really good stuff. I think if at least if you enjoy platformers at all, I think it's at least worth a uh, just a quick run through, like just get to the end. Oh, for sure. I uh, just think about like other th- things that are like that. The Wii is going to be even harder to emulate in the future for uh, mm-hmm. using the Joy-Con at least because I'm I don't know how exactly the Joy-Con's motion functions work, but it's definitely got to be at least a little bit different from the way the Wii Remote Plus. And I think one of the hardest games. One of the games that's going to be the hardest to replicate in the future is going to be Skyward Sword. Yeah, oh god. That's, I mean, that game was just yeah. built with the Wii Motion Plus, and I don't know if that's ever going to be replicated. Um, I get the feeling that maybe in like a few years down the line we'll see like a Wii Anniversary Edition, something like the NES Mini. Maybe. Yeah, I could see that. You know, 20 that years down the line. That accessible days. again. We're going to be so old. Yeah, in 2026, maybe <laughs> 20 years. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Uh, it's definitely important to preserve these games, and you know I, I think that's part of the reason sometimes why people go more towards emulation, be it illegal or whatnot, is just that they want to, you know, keep the spirit of those games alive. You know, to find new ways to play those games when the official means have kind of run their course and run out. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah, important. I am glad to see. Anyway. I am glad to see that Nintendo has been uh, experimenting with remaking a lot of Zelda games. So I think that is a good sign for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Excellent. where can people find you on the internet? What, what do you mean? I'm right here. You're right there. <laughs> Is someone looking for me? Yeah. They, they want to see what else you have to say. Like, do, can they find you on a Twitter? Can they find you on a Twitch? Can they find you on an anywhere? You can find me on the next episode of The Power. So we'll there we go. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't have much of a social media presence right now, and I should work on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's what we like to hear about, about the power switch here. Thanks so much for calling in, Excellent. You have a great night. You're very welcome. I had a great time. You too. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for calling in. When we come back, we'll talk about our histories with the Mass Effect series as we're a couple days away from Andromeda during the point of this recording. And uh, let's talk about what the series means to us. That's when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. This week's Tempo Control music is brought to you by Mass Effect 3. You can find a new video game music top 10 list from a specific game soundtrack every Tuesday over at youtube.com slash rhymeswithasia. Now we're going to do a segment. It's called What It Means to Me, or now that you're on the show as a co-host, what it means to us. And usually when we have like a big game release coming up, we did this with The Legend of Zelda, or at least I did this. Uh, you know, Let's talk about our kind of personal histories with the franchise and what we've uh, experienced with it, and that's Mass Effect now, with Mass Effect Andromeda coming up. The Mass Effect games, uh, what are, what has your experience been like with Mass Effect? I make really ugly characters, and I wanted to have sex with Garrus Vicarian. Yeah, you do make the uh, 
the most horrific shepherds. It's uh, fantastic. You call him G Wiz Shepherd. I called her G Wiz Shepherd. That is G G G. That is G E E Wiz Shepherd with two Z's. Yes, with two Z's. Very important. Add an H. Don't forget the H. I think between one game and the next, they went from the <laughs> palest white to definitely black. Um, no, other way around. First game looked like an orangutan. Um, if the orangutan had made it with Michael Jackson, the second game just looked like someone had squished her head in a vice and paled her skin and she had black lips, like, were nearly non-existent. It was weird. And, uh, it was... Just to make the most obscure yeah. shepherds, uh, like, not... <laughs> Yeah, just to yeah. make him really, really attractive, if you know what I mean, which means not attractive at all. Fucking, I was boring, and I brought him as Caden. Because oh, fuck Caden. I know. I, well, I, know I you did. did. I know you did. And I got to see really ugly shepherd ass, which was really <laughs> weird, because, like, I've been looking at this orangutan shepherd for the whole of the game, and now suddenly I'm seeing her butt. And I was like, I... Uh, and then Caden's like, oh, I want to get all of that shepherd. She... Yeah. He, and like, gee whiz, he, that, that turns me on. Oh, no. Oh, no. Puns. <laughs> My one weakness. No, I played them on a lower difficulty setting so I could experience the story more than anything. Um, I really enjoyed the story of the games. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, with games like this, I find it really hard to not pay attention to the story and go through every single dialogue option and... I just want to like do everything that I can mm -hmm. when I'm playing the Mass Effect games. It's really good. I miss the Mako from one. Yeah. Really miss the Mako because when I first originally, originally years and years ago tried playing Mass Effect, the Mako turned me off mm. and I stopped playing. Um, the more recent, within the last two years, I started playing again. I love the Mako. I fucking love that it's physics so piece broken. of shit. Yeah. It is so broken and so good. I will explore planets in that thing for hours. I am so happy to do so. And I really, really hope that the new vehicle, uh, what's it called? The Nomad. The Nomad. I really hope the Nomad's a bit like that. They're saying it's it's pretty similar. It's not you know broken, but using oh. powerful physics to. You know, I want it to be broken. Make, well, it has six wheel, you know, all wheel drive, so a lot should be possible using futuristic technology. They're they're saying it's it's pretty positive compared to the Mako. So okay, looking forward to that for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, my experience with the Mass Effect series, uh, I played them a little closer to launch, not the first one. Uh, the first one. I think I played in 2009 was my first time playing Mass Effect. And uh, I didn't get an Xbox 360 until 2008, so it was a little bit of delay there. But when I played Mass Effect, I played it on a 13-inch TV. That's really small. That's tiny. <laughs> yeah, especially for the tiny text there. That's, 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 that's tough. That's just bigger than a Subway sandwich. Yeah. Think about it that yeah. way. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. I was in a... A college dorm room, just a, a small little room there, and uh, yeah, some some long nights playing that game because that's that's a tough one to to put down. Uh, Mass Effect Two, I played at launch though, and really enjoyed. That's one of my I, I put that in my top ten favorite games of all time. Mm -hmm. Mass Effect Two, uh, that one is is terrific. Um, Mass Effect Three, I also played at launch, but each of these three games, uh, I played in different living environments. Okay. So, the first one I played in a, a dorm with my friends, uh, one of them who I did the Show Me Your News podcast with for the first few years. Um, the the second game I played in my senior year of college with uh, with three other friends. That was 2010. Yeah, so that was the end of my senior year of college, uh, uni undergrad university. And then 2012 was Mass Effect 3, so that was one of the first years uh, living with my brother in an apartment. And uh, so that was a different environment there. And uh, yeah, I only discovered recently just to, to make sure like that really happened. I've played Mass Effect 1 and 2 so many times. So many times. I think, you know, just almost all of the different romance options available. But when it came to 3, I had only beaten it once huh. with my original, you know, first, first game attempt Shepard that I brought all the way through. And I'm like, but why? I've seen the intro to Mass Effect 3 so many times. Like I could say beat for beat, just like I've I've seen it tons, but I don't remember 
everything about the game. I remember bits and pieces. There are certain key elements, but there's a lot I forget from that game. So mm. I think when we're going to be sharing Andromeda during you know its launch here, and we'll have three people playing it on trying to play it on one system and sharing the time there. Uh, I'm, I've started up Mass Effect 3 again, and I'm going to go through it just if, if I'm not playing Mass Effect, I'm going to play some Mass Effect, <laughs> just in a, a different way there. See, uh, that was my plan. Whilst you guys are playing Andromeda, um, I have actually, myself, never completed 3. I've mm. seen it be completed. I've seen the three endings, and I've seen gameplay of it, um, but I haven't experienced the absolute full story for myself. Yeah, you, you need to. I do. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be doing that as Definitely. well uh, whilst you guys are playing through Andromeda. And I want to romance Garrus again if I can. You can. You can. And by God, I better see him naked. I'm not sure about that. I would be very disappointed if I don't see Garrus Vicarian naked. <laughs> I need to see him naked. And I don't just mean rule 34. Because there's, there's certainly plenty of that. There's plenty of that. I was typing Mass Effect 3 recently. It was for uh, that tempo control music thing for my YouTube channel there. And my fat thumb, <laughs> or finger or whatever it was, t- hit, hit Mass Effect 34. Oh, <laughs> Just like, you know, I missed boy. the three. And it's just like, it's actually pretty more accurate than what <laughs> I was meaning to type. But, you know, okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just, you know, Mass Effect means means a lot to me. Just you know, the different times that I've played that game overall. So I'm I'm still really excited for Andromeda here. I know we talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, just people are ripping on the gifts and having a laugh, as it were. But having a laugh, having a laugh, having a laugh, mate. <laughs> uh, but you know, we played the first hour and a half, two hours or so of the, uh, the EA Access trial demo there, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Still looks like a fun Mass Effect game. It does. Looking, looking forward to it. Yeah, I I will look forward to finally playing it whenever you two actually finish playing it. <laughs> but we'll, if it's Skyrim we'll, big, then that's going to take a while. We'll be able to share, I'm sure. I mean, hey, Breath of the Wild was supposed to be a 100-hour long game. And I beat it in 35. You had a guide. At parts. No, you had a guide. At parts. No, you had a guide. At parts. Okay. <laughs> if that happened though I, I don't think it'll be uh, another 100 some people are saying like 150 200 hour long game for Mass Effect Andromeda if they want to f- complete it in a satisfactory means like hell no damn come on like that's ridiculous that sounds like actually a good time it should be a lot of fun yeah looking forward to it and that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com, and we're on YouTube at RhymesWithAsia, and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia, but we're hosting here on Sass underscore Factory. Thank you. Yeah, that's absolutely fun. Uh, find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch, and you can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at PowerSwitchPod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and if you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. Most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community in these early months of the show. It'll be easier than ever to have your voice heard on this podcast. A uh, YouTube video to watch for this week, I would recommend uh, Racevic, the YouTube channel who does a lot of these five years later, seven years later, does oh, these yeah. really deep, in-depth retrospectives kind of reflecting on the game. And uh, he's done Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2... Mass Effect one, I just say it as a force to have you know, Mass yeah. Effect. But now he just came out with Mass Effect three five years later. And so look up that video. Hearing really good things about it. Can't wait to watch it. I mean, these are 30, 40 minute, maybe longer bits, but it goes in depth really nicely. His videos are really, really good. He has um, a good speaking voice yeah. too. Yeah. He does. I, I would actually recommend on top of doing that, also watch his Doom video about mm-hmm. the music of Doom. I know oh, it's a different yeah, yeah, thing yeah. completely. That is a good one too. That's also a very good one he's done. I would say that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned to our Twitter, our Discord uh, with Rachel here. We're looking to record every weekend. Uh, trying to going to lock down a specific time that we can try to keep to every weekend. We need your help. Uh, so let us know on Discord what times would help you to be the most available. Uh, Sundays you, are good. Sunday's probably good, but we got to figure out a time that'll work for, you know, Pacific time, Eastern time over in England, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. So we'll work on that. And of course, during the week, whenever big game news breaks, we want to give you a platform to talk about it as soon as possible, really, even the day of. So hopefully if it you know, warrants it, we'll have a recording during the week as well. And you can find that here on Twitch at sass underscore factory. Uh, rhymesofasia.com slash call for 
the Discord channel and all the social media we mentioned there. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. That's okay. I'm really glad to have you be part of the show and, you know, you're my wife and so we're going through life together and uh, oh it's boy. You know, no other, <laughs> you know, no better you know, podcast partner to help schedule things out and work together and we'll work things out with the show. I don't know. You could have Greg Miller. He'd be a lot better than I would. He'd be a pretty great guest. <laughs> Maybe sometime we'll get him as a guest. That'd be, that'd be pretty great. That'd be amazing. Holy moly. But thank you so much. That's okay. I love you. I love you too. Okay. Now and we love you over our oh. fans here for the power switch. Thank you for tuning in. Whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spasia. I'm Rachel Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on. <laughs>